Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday are rambling about those Los Angeles Rams. Ramble on. How are you? Welcome to another episode of Ramblings with Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday. Isaac, what's up, man? What's going on, Doc? I'm doing well, man. Uh, we get another opportunity to play Monday morning quarterback, but this time after the Super Bowl. So, a uh, very interesting game, to say the least. Uh, you know, we'll jump into that and a couple other subjects just you want to go over. So, let's have at it, man. Let's do it. Interesting because, man, what the hell happened to the Kansas City Chiefs, man? What the hell, bro? Did y'all did y'all even know y'all had a game, man? The Super Bowl, bro. Tampa Bay just – hey, look, man, I, I expected the game to kind of be competitive, man, because the Bucs did have Tom Brady. But damn, dog, what they did to Kansas City, man, they just – what was the final score, dog? 31-9, to nine, is that what it is? 31-9, dog. 31-9. So, Interesting to say the least. The game was very interesting. And, you know, it's like I always say, it's like what I call the beauty of football. Because you can have one team riding as high as, as high as they can, and everyone can jump on the bandwagon. And then you have to go play the game. You have other guys that see that as well. They get an opportunity to play against you. They want to smack you in the mouth. They want to get after you. Oh, he won't do that to me. Tyreek Hill won't run by me. And you get that opportunity in football, man. It's the it's the closest thing to be being a glad that gladiator sport that it is, where we can go out hit you and do it with all with all all within the rules of the games. But I think one thing that's being missed and, and really spoken over here is those coordinators again, Doc. Those Tampa Bay coordinators. You got you got uh, Brian Leftwich. You got Todd Bowles, especially Todd Bowles, man. He he coached and prepared a game plan for one of the most prolific offenses that we've ever seen with some playmakers on that offense that have been as prolific as the offense has been itself and Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and Mr. Patrick Mahomes and he shut him down. Now, of course, man, got to give a lot of credit to Todd Bowles, Kansas, uh, I mean, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive coordinator. Uh, now, it, it did help him that, you know, Kansas City was out to, you know, two starting offensive linemen. But still, the defensive game plan, he came up, man, to attack Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I mean, it was brilliant, man. He kept a lot of pressure on him. He sacked Mahomes three times, man. Mahomes never got comfortable back there. But, he, you know, even he's he has such arm talent, man, where he can swing things around and make things happen, even in the midst of madness, man. But he could not do that on Sunday, Todd Bowles, and that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense just with a masterful performance against that high-powered 
Kansas City Chiefs offense. Now, of course, we're going to give some credit to Tom, uh, Tom Brady, man, uh, you know, winning another Super Bowl. It's like, God dang. But before we get there, I want to touch on this because a lot of people have been saying the blasphemous stuff that Kansas City is the best offense ever, putting them on top of the greatest show on turf. I think we can finally, which I never entertain that trash anyway, we can finally put all that garbage to rest because Isaac, when you all were in the Super Bowl and played a great defensive team, the Tennessee Titans, you all came up with a big play when you needed it from Isaac, Bruce, and Kurt Warner and the rest of those guys in one. Kansas City, they didn't do that, man. So can we please stop all this madness talking about how great, all-time great their offense is? Well, you, you know what? If we won't stop it. It'll only pause to probably next year when they regroup, revamp, bring guys in. I think the biggest difference is, you know, when you compare those two teams, those two offenses, it really was glaring what they were missing uh, this past Sunday, that running game. I mean, if you don't have a running game, guys who you can turn around and give it to 25 times and force the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not to play two high safeties, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding. It was tough sledding uh, because from the standpoint of Todd Bowles, once again, being able to get pressure on Mahomes. Uh, with a four-man rush. And when you can do that, Doc, you can sit back and play coverage, you're going to be successful. So just the comparison between the Grady Show on turf and the Kansas City Chiefs offense, man, it, it was glaring that the running game that they didn't have was very la- was, was lacking. And uh, they got to go back to the drawing board. Uh, Andy Reid, you know, he kind of turned back into that Andy Reid of them Philadelphia days, man, <laughs> where we had real high expectations of him and uh, kind of fell on your face, man. Got our coast, bro. I mean, he got our coast. Got our game plan, man. Uh, Tampa Bay was clearly a lot more prepared than the Kansas City Chiefs. And you talked about their running game. You're right, man. The difference is the big difference that they didn't have a running game that the St. Louis Rams had, that the Rams had. And definitely they didn't have 2-8. Did nobody have 2-8 but y'all. And speaking of 2-8, man, I want to give a shout-out again. If you all missed episode 47 of Ramblings with Isaac Bruce, and Marshall Falk. Don't even worry about me, man. You all missed a great episode, but guess what? It's up on the website. It's up. You can download it at any time, which is up there forever. So you can listen to it, man. It was just great hearing Isaac and Marshall just chop it up. I just took a back seat and just said, let me shut up and let these two legends talk. So anyway, Kansas City just laid a dud. But Tom Brady, man, hey, got to give it to him. He left the New England Patriots, went to Tampa Bay. A lot of people made them Super Bowl contenders. Some people didn't expect them to actually win the Super Bowl, especially the way Kansas City put beat the brakes off of them in the regular season. But all they did was come back, man. Tom Brady didn't have a great game as far as stats concerned. Only threw for like 201 yards. But, hey, bro, three touchdown passes, two to Grunt, one to A.B. Leonard Fournette, yeah, Leonard Fournette scores a touchdown. Hey, man, this dude just won his seventh damn Super Bowl. And as much <laughs> as I say I don't like the dude, I do not like the dude, but that dude <laughs> is a killer. He won again, man. A fifth MVP award, seventh Super Bowl, bro. I, I got to I, I, I got to call him the greatest quarterback in history, man. Well, you know, like we can continue to say on this show, it's not about if you like me or if you don't like me <laughs> in an NFL locker room. It's about if you respect me. And I gained my respect for Tom Brady. It, it was enhanced even with this victory uh, last night, man, because – you got to consider what he's gone through. I mean, number one, he's 43 years young. Uh, he switches teams. Uh, he switches coordinators, different head coach. Uh, they have to mesh. They have to get to know each other. A tougher division in the NFC South. He goes through on a playoff run 
on the road as a wild card team. He beats future Hall of Famers and Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and then Patrick Mahomes. So just that run itself, Doc, I mean, it's legendary, man. It's what it is. So, I, I mean, I think they're very close to start calling Super Bowl Sunday Tom Brady Sunday. I mean, it's just that close, man. He's just been that dominant. A lot of us don't want to say it. A lot of us don't want to say uncle. I mean, I refuse to say <laughs> uncle, but <laughs> but dog, it's it's just a it's a it's an awesome run, man. I mean, he he he. I think he brings a lot more to the table and a lot more to Tampa Bay than just his ability to play the game. And we talked about that, man. His ability, his experience that he's had with the New England Patriots, his uh is winning mentality, his winning preparation. And that stuff and those things are contagious. So, we're, we're, I mean, they could be around again next year, Doc. So, I mean, hats off to Tom Brady, man. Congrats to him. No, for real, man. Congrats, man. Uh, his counterpart, Mahomes, as I said, not only was sacked three times, he got picked up twice, but Tom Brady just came in and did what Tom Brady did. I mean, just uh, come on, dude. Dude has been to 10 Super Bowls. Dude got his seventh ring, fifth MVP award, He's 43 years old, man. Hey, man, Tom Brady, take your ass home and sit down, bro. Get somebody else an opportunity, man. Because, and the the only reason I don't like you because you won your first Super Bowl against my brother, man, and his squad, my squad. That's why I don't like it. So you, we, we started off on the wrong foot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which I can't be mad at you, but... Even though Tom Brady had a great game, man, you got to salute him, man. I'm also happy for Antonio Brown. Dude and went through some things this last past year. A lot of them self-inflicted, man. So to, to see him pick himself up, get in a situation, not only has A.B. gotten in this situation, bro, you hadn't heard from him, man. He hadn't caused any problems. He hadn't said anything. All he's done is just straight ball out. Now, any of that other stuff he did that he has to deal with, he got to deal with that. But going off how he's been since he got into Tampa Bay, a lot of times, man, you go through things to be humbled. Look like he's been humbled, came back focused. He's a great receiver, man. Now A.B. has yet uh, 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 a Super Bowl champion with Tampa Bay, man. So salute to A.B., man. Yeah, big shout out to uh, Antonio Brown, man. And, Doc, here's the thing. He looked good, man. His first route, he ran that deep comeback to the outside, man. It was it was superb. Got great Explosion off the line, great separation in the route, and his touchdown route, man, it was it was awesome. Versus another All Pro uh, and, and uh, the Honey Badger, and just running that route, man, you see, you can see the connection between Brady and Brown. He was looking for him most of the game. I, I think he was, you know, if it wasn't if he wasn't throwing the grunk, he was looking for AB. Um, but just you know, just a great overall uh, performance by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensively and defensively. I mean, I can't say enough about these two coordinators, man. Brian Leftwich, everything he's done, Bruce Arians has gone on record to say that everything that you see this offense is doing is all Brian Byron Leftwich right here. So it, it shouldn't be long before we hear Byron Leftwich wanting his own team and Todd Bowles getting another shot to run his own team, man. We can't scream that enough, man, because these two men really exemplify what leadership in the National Football League is all about. No doubt the two brown skinned brothers, man. Byron Leftwich, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive coordinator. Hey, man, you're right. Byron Leftwich should definitely get a, uh, an opportunity to be a head coach soon. But Eric Bianami should as well. Just because Kansas City yes. lost his ball game, that doesn't mean, you know, he should be discounted, even though he was discounted this offseason. So it's just good to see those 
brothers succeed and have some kind of success, especially on that huge stage right there, man. And just, I mean, you know, Super Bowl, you know, it, it is what it is. It's over with now. Tom Brady, okay, man, you can go home. You can you can relax and you can retire now, but he probably won't, which I don't blame him, bro. If you can still pick up another 30, 35 million for one season and hopefully get another Super Bowl, I ain't mad at you, man, but it's just good to see how he was able to go down to Tampa Bay, recruited Antonio Brown, recruited Rob Gronkowski, got some dudes down there, and also recruited Leonard Fournette, who washed out in Jacksonville, and now he's a Super Bowl <laughs> champion. We had another guy who didn't wash out in Jacksonville, but who was ready to get going. We got Jalen Ramsey. You know, so Tom Brady recruiting cats down there to Tampa Bay with him, and it looks like Matthew Stafford is doing the same thing with the Rams. Our new quarterback. It looks like, according to reports, Cats are hitting him up. He's hitting up Cats, trying to get them to join him in L.A. But I'm thinking, on the offense, I mean, it's good you're looking, but who we really need, man? Receivers, we good. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, them dudes take care of business, man. Maybe we, we can we can use a really deep threat, somebody that can take the top off the defense. But, you know, running backs, we good. But it's good to see, man, that Matthew Stafford, people are reaching out to him, other good players, reaching out to him, possibly joining him in L.A. But we'll see how the Rams can get that done, man, because, you know, we, we've, we've invested and given up a lot to get a couple of dudes over the last couple of years. Uh, we have. I mean, that's that's pretty much how it plays out these days in these leagues. You see it done in the NBA. Guys recruit each other uh, via the uh, all-star game weekend or, you know, in the NFL here, you, you just pick up the phone, call, pick up the phone and call it, call your buddy. Guys who are maybe in free free agency, probably maybe towards the end of their career and, and money isn't as important as it was when they first started their career. career. So, uh, maybe maybe that Super Bowl championship is a lot more important right now. So if you can kind of recruit guys to come in, hey man, and especially offensive line, we can we can always yes. use another offensive lineman. So you know, just having depth at that position, man, it, it protects and and uh, you know, you know, for the things that we like to do. You know, we stress running the football, and that to run that football, you got to have those guys up front opening up those holes and. Uh, you got to have those guys that are no-nonsense type offensive linemen. I saw one last night with the, the center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was always in the mix getting after those guys. Chris Jones was null and void for the Kansas City Chiefs, one of their big money players. And, uh, you know, those guys right there, you need them. You need them for the attitude. You need them for the run game and to protect the big money quarterback that we just got in our, uh, in our Matthew Stafford. Now, and looking at our squad, the L.A. Rams, man, joining, you know, adding Matthew Stafford, looking forward to see what he's going to do. But, Isaac, just thinking about it, do you see any glaring holes like, okay, we really, really need to address this this offseason? I'm with you. We can always use more offensive linemen. Got to have them big dogs, man. It just, you know, got that monster and got that dog and to go out and get after somebody. But as far as on the offensive side, I know on the defensive side, I want to touch on that in a minute, but on the offensive side, I don't really see any glaring needs that we had other than quarterback. You see anything else? Well, well, here's the thing, Doc. You know, we talked about it, and, you know, we kind of we kind of beat around the bush a little bit last year about how, you know, defenses were starting to bring their safeties in on our offensive line, towards our offensive line. They were playing a lot more shallow than – uh, we would like them to. That that often means, you know, we're not taking our deep shots. So I don't know if it, that was a Jared Goff thing or we need that one guy that can consistently run like a Brandon Cooks where we had that, you know, if you're not playing yes. somebody in the middle of the field, 
we're going to take advantage of that. So we have to find out, you know, if it was, I I think it was golf, honestly, but having Stafford in in the mix now, uh, maybe we just go out and get that speed guy. Somebody we can find him in the, in the second or third round. These, you know, these uh, colleges and universities are doing a great job at start as far as developing wide receivers, young wide receivers. We go find one late, like uh, DK Metcalf. He was a second round pick. So, we can have, go out and find that one guy to take the top off that defense, man. That does so much for the running game, uh, so much for the creativity that Sean McVay can bring, and uh, it, it does well for our defense as well. So that would be my thing: just find that one consistent person who can run down the field, take the top off the defense. That's what I'm doing, man. Even if I mean, I, I agree with you. Even if we don't connect on those passes, man, just throw a couple of them a game, a game. Keep yeah. dudes honest, man. Let dudes run past some cats and just throw it out there. Let them know that there is a threat that we can we, we, we can pop you with one. So I'm with you. I totally agree with that, man. And I hope that's something that we get get done real quickly. Something else I hope we get done is that we bring back Leonard Floyd. That's a guy who's a, a free, free agent this offseason. And, uh, Leonard, I love what you did, man. Ten and a half sacks, great job. But, bro, I mean, you know, Aaron Donald, you know, makes dudes a lot, you know, it, it helps dudes' stats. It makes their games uh, a lot easier. So I hope Floyd thinks about that if he thinks about switching teams because he's not going to go with another AD. But Leonard Floyd is definitely a piece we, we would love to have back on defense, bro. Absolutely, man. And, and another shout out to uh, Aaron Donald, man, yes, named, being named the defensive player of the year at NFL Honors this weekend. But uh, absolutely, man, his impact, Aaron Donald's impact affects just about everything on our defense from a defensive standpoint, from a preparation to even the coordinator. He, he affected the way Stately called games. So, I mean, uh, hopefully, you know, but it's all about getting paid, man. Yeah, I, it I is. can't stop these guys from about getting paid. <laughs> Leonard Floyd, you have the opportunity. You got 10 and a half sacks. Um, you know, came came to uh, Los Angeles, revived your career, and took advantage of uh, what was placed in front of you. So if you go go out and get paid more, and if the Rams can match it, hey, man, we'd love to have it back. But, um, you know, business is business. Take care of business first. And, uh, you know, go do your thing, man. Don't pull that Albert Hainsworth. I'm going to have one good this, – this is my contract. Yeah, I'm going to ball out. I'm going to get this loop said, I'm done. I ain't getting in shape no more. I'm good, man. Give me my money. Get up out of here. But anyway, you're right. Salute to AD. Getting defensive player of the year during NFL honors. And speaking of NFL honors, hey, man, now we know who the 2021 Pro Football Hall of Fame inductees and shrinees will be. Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Alan Fanica, the players. Then you got Drew Pearson, man, finally getting in, man. The seniors voted Drew Pearson in there, so I'm happy for him because last year Drew was like, you know what, to hell with y'all. I'm done with this crap. He was so mad. But anyway, Drew Pearson, Bill Nunn, and Tom Flores. So, hey, man, you 2020 class, they 2021. So you all will be there this, this year for the Hall of Fame. How you feel about this class, man? Well, I'll tell you what, Doc. First of all, I'll, I'll say congratulations to my new teammates, man, because it's it's a it's a it's it's the icing on a great career for each and every one of them. And as you can see, man, the the selection committee has a very very tough job, man. I mean, you just look at you know you mentioned Drew Pearson, thirty seven years since he played his last game and yeah. since he retired, and you know his resume it speaks for himself. I mean, I always looked at his resume as a guy who made three. First team all pros. He was an all decade player in the 70s. So, and had some iconic plays. So, I mean, 
it's, it's hard for these guys. I mean, some of the guys that really actually, actually saw him play, and I'm talking from a media standpoint, they've probably passed on now. You know, so mm-hmm. that information has to be regathered and, and pre- be presented a different way for guys like that. But, you know, you got another receiver in Megatron. He, he went in Calvin Johnson. And, uh, you know, I, like I've been saying, man, I'm biased, man. So uh, my heart goes out for Torrey Hope. Um, I'm a big fan of his. his. His day will come. And guys don't really like hearing that, Doc, yeah, because I, know. I didn't like hearing that. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I just I just always focus on. Uh, not believing or trusting in the process, but believing in God and what he had for me. And really trying to, you know, when I once I get in, trying to change it from the inside out, you know, get more players on that selection committee, get more former coaches on that selection committee, because we are the people who have played with these guys. We saw them train. We saw them prepare. We saw other teams try to defend them and uh, the production level that came out of that. So Tory's one of them. And also, I can't, I can't, I'll be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne is a great talent, had a, a great career in Indy, yes. uh, won a Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl champion. It, it, it's, it's, it's hard selection, Doc. So if, 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 if I had to come up with a criteria for wide receivers, man, I don't have a clue what it is. I don't have a clue what it is. I mean, congratulations to the guys who got selected, but at least give us, start giving us a criteria. What are you expecting from, you know, these Hall of Fame wide receivers that are being selected and the ones that are not selected? So just let's make it public, man. Make it, make it public. Everyone that's on the committee, let's go ahead and give us your criteria so we can judge it by that. I don't think they, I don't even think they know what their criteria is, man. It's just whatever they feel. And, Peyton Manning, Charles Wilson, there's really not anything to say about them because we knew they were going to go into the Hall of Fame, man. Just some great players, rightfully so. Calvin Johnson, great player. Big dude, big receiver, rightfully so. John Lynch and Alan Fanica. All those guys deserve to go into the Hall of Fame. But, but, I'm with Isaac. Torah Holt should have been in there, man. Isaac Bruce should have been in there way before you got in there. And the fact of the matter, this is what, this is what pisses me off. I ain't going to even lie, bro. Isaac, you six feet, six one. Tory Holt, y'all the same size. To me, what you all did, T Holt, did you say something about T Holt, man? What, five straight years? Well, how many yards receiving, bro? Five consecutive 1,300 yards huh? receiving. Season. Come on, dog. Dog. And th- th- this is what makes me mad. Receivers like Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, are underappreciated for what they did. I don't understand how y'all looking. Now, Calvin Johnson is great. He's a, he's a great dude. He deserves being Hall of Fame. But damn, dude was born physically blessed with size and speed, man. You expect dude to come out there and do that. So to me, that's a lot less impressive than you see guys of average height like Isaac and T. Holt to go out and do what you all did. And not only that, man. I don't understand how they don't see how T. Hope, five straight years with 1,300 receiving yards, playing the way he played, dog, still having to shatter rock with a Isaac Bruce and a Marshall Falk and other dudes. Dog, how, how y'all can't see that and be like, damn, this dude was sharing all of this, man, and still was able to put up these numbers. Bro, even with you, the way you was able to do and having it shared with T. Holt, Marshall Falk, and Oz and them other dudes still put up those numbers. I don't know how they look at that and cannot 
select you when you was first ballot or select T Hope when he was first ballot. Now he has to wait yet again. Ain't gonna even lie, bro. I'm kind of pissed off about that. I was really pissed off about you because you my brother. I don't know Tory Hope, but he cool. I ain't talked to him. He's your brother, so he's my brother. So yeah, I'm mad as hell that T Hope didn't get that knock on the door. Uh, uh, yesterday, man, or Saturday, or whenever it was, man. Uh, you know, what would you say to T Hope? Because you know, in, in this situation, don't know, you know, you was in there like, hey, bro, it's gonna be your time. You're gonna get there in your head. You be like, man, shut the hell up talking to me. I don't want to hear that. So, what would you say to your brother, man? Yeah, you know what, Doc? My situation was, uh, you know, I was on the ballot for five years. Uh, the sixth year got, got, the, got selected. Uh, I think after the first two, I kind of released it and yeah. just let it go because. And you know this is this is what I would tell him. Just just release it. Don't don't hold it so tight in your hand. And you know I didn't want myself to seem thirsty. I didn't want to have to pick up the phone, do interview after interview, do you know uh, television interview after interview, as if I'm promoting myself where I had to be to the point where I think um, I should be and this guy shouldn't be. I didn't want to play the comparison game. And as a human being, we have those human being instincts where you want to play the comparison game or you want to uh, question the selection committee. But at the same time, man, you just know what was, what, what it was like going through that gauntlet, being on that field and, and having to go through uh, what you were going through and then still producing. And, and you just automatically, sometimes you just look over at the next guy, look at the guys who have already been selected and kind of compare what you did to what they did. So then that kind of makes you question, you know, so how are you guys really selecting people? You know, how, how, how are you doing this? I go back to, it makes me go back to, uh, you know, the NFL referees who are part-time employees. So with, with part-time employees, it, they don't put the same passion into my full-time sport that I, yeah. that I do. They don't put, you know, the, the, the referees, you know, they, they, they raised their head this past Super Bowl. I think I thought it was too many flags on the field and yeah. they didn't just let the guys play. So I think the selection committee, like I say, they have a tough job. But at the same time, man, these are, these are guys that never gotten their, their knuckles bloody, so to speak, or gotten yes. their feet wet in this very game. So, you know, changing it from the inside out, man, I, I keep saying, man, just put former players in, former uh, ge even general managers. Put these guys in because they've studied these guys. They've selected these guys. And put in these defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators, man. And, and let's go from there. Just at least, at least have half media, half former player, half coach, and just let these guys start selecting because these guys know, and I think a lot more than just what the media brings to the table and with that selection committee. Man, media been selecting people into the Hall of Fame, man. That's nothing but a publicity uh, uh, thing, man. You know, uh, uh, uh. If I know you, if I liked you, bro. I mean, they really shouldn't be determining something like this because especially if you've never played, if you've never played, you really shouldn't have a voice at all, man. A damn a popularity contest because that is is what it is. If you never played, if you don't know what it takes to do off-season, to do two-a-days, three-a-days, man, to train three times a week, man, not only to go to a training camp, to go through practice, then go out there on Sundays and ball the hell out, bro. Not only 16-game season in the playoffs and do this for like eight, nine, ten years, bro. If you don't understand that, man, you shouldn't have a say. And I'm saying that because now this is how I think. I know how y'all are, man. Y'all brothers, y'all are family. But I'm thinking like, okay, when, the greatest show, when all this is over and the greatest show on turf gets together, let's say next football season. You got Isaac, Bruce, Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner, Orlando Pace. You got all four of those dudes in the Hall of Fame, man. And you got T. Hope right there with you all. 
all y'all gonna have gold jackets. He deserved a, he's he deserved a gold jacket. So my whole thing is that looking at you all together and knowing that T Hope, all y'all got gold jackets. He's not gonna have a gold jacket if y'all meet next next fall. You know, if if things open. That's what's making me mad. That's what's pissing me off. I hope T Holt understands that. Damn what they say, man. Forget their opinion, dog. You a baller. You one of the greatest to ever play. Not even one of the greatest receivers to ever play. Just one of the greatest football players to ever play the game, man. So I hope he understands and realizes how much his game is respected, how much he's loved, how much he's respected. And he's a stole cold killer, dog. And the greatest show on turf. Wouldn't have been the greatest show on turf if they didn't have him, man. And just the numbers he put up. I want to salute him, bro, for real. Hey, man, well said, man. I mean, he had a great career. Uh, you know, his day will come. His time will come. And, you know, like so many say, you know, once once you once you are selected, all of the other stuff you forget about. So uh, more power to him, man. Just keep, just keep pushing. No doubt about it, man. But anyway, hey, bro. Great episode, man. But anyway, man, I'm still looking for this year's Hall of Fame induction ceremony, man. Isaac, you all going to go in on Saturday. You got Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson them going in on Sunday. I mean, that's a good class, though, because Alan Fennica, Alan Fennica was a baller, bro. He was one of them well, offensive linemen you, you were talking about at the Rams. And he, he going to go punch you in your face and go get it, man. So people don't talk about offensive linemen enough, so you hear Alan Fennica's name. But, hey, man, watching the way that dude used to root cats up out of there, man, it, 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 it was something nice, bro. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Man. Fennica was a special, man, special guy. He protected a lot of uh, great quarterbacks and open the holes for some great running backs during this time. So, and it's amazing how he's just shredded and got got rid of all that excess wet, that weight that he used to carry. Man, I love seeing guys do that in the end. But uh, it's a, it's an awesome class, man. Like I say, the committee has a tough job every year to select these guys. Congratulations to uh, the class of 2021. It's going to be double the fun in 2021. Uh, you know, invitations are going out. Guys are securing their spots and. And uh, it's going to be parties all over the place. We're going to enjoy it, man. Hopefully, like you said, everything is open back up so we can enjoy it as best we can. Yeah, and 2021, uh, you all finally know you're in there, man. And uh, good luck on hotels and stuff, man, because Isaac Bruce, we got an email about the hotel like a couple, about a month or two ago, and I booked mine right away. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure they're going to find some spots for y'all. They already got some spots for y'all, but hey, hey, it's, it should be fun, man. Honestly, I'm happy for everybody that got in. Everybody that got in deserved to get in. No doubt about it. And once again, happy. And, and, you know, Tom Flores, hey, congratulations to him as well. Bill Nunn, who, you know, passed away. Them, you know, th those dudes, uh, you know, congratulations. And really, congratulations to Drew Pearson, even though I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. man. I didn't like the damn Cowboys <laughs> at all. So I did not like Drew Pearson or Tony Dorsett or none of those dudes. But the man was cold, though. I'm just – I keep thinking back on how pissed off he was last year, man. So I'm just glad. I wish, did they have a camera on him? Because I didn't watch it. Did they have a camera on him? He didn't let that happen, is it? No, I didn't watch it either, man. I didn't, I, no, I didn't think he wanted to set himself up again, you know. I mean, he's 70 years young, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, oh, man, it's – it, it, it's hurtful to see and hurtful yeah. to hear, man. But you know, you kind of, you know, you feel for him in those moments. But at the same time, you you share the joy of his being his election this time, man. That's awesome. No doubt about it. That's why I'm laughing because I'm happy for him, man. I'm just I'm just so happy for him because he was so pissed off last year, and I don't blame him, man. I would have been. You set the man yeah. up. You brought cameras in. Got the man oh. thinking this was gonna be the year. Yeah, they set him up, dog. They, they that's what wow. he was really mad about, bro. They set him up, yeah. dog. But anyway, man, congratulations. Anything else you want to add, bro, before we get up out of here, man? 
No, that's it, man. Another another great Super Bowl, man. You know, now we go into the offseason. Now we go into offseason NFL and, and the drama that can be. I mean, heading up to the draft and seeing who's who's out there, what's what's going to transpire, what's going to happen uh, with these new players that are coming into the league and, and everything that the Rams are going to be doing and try to position ourselves to be playing uh, a home Super Bowl game next year in the Los Angeles SoFi Stadium. So, uh, you know, that's what it's about, Doc, and it's about training, getting yourself, getting your mind right, and uh, start using that imagination of how you're going to perform next year. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's physical for, from a standpoint, but I always say it's 80% mental about what transpires on that football field, man. Well said. That's going to do it for another great episode of Ramblings with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We out. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.